Welcome to the No Relation NFL podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, how are you on this Tuesday of week three? It is a beautiful Tuesday here in Pittsburgh and busy as can be, writing articles left and right, podcasts left and right, can't beat it. No no complaints. Yeah, man, it's uh, well in the swing of things. Um, pretty interesting. I don't know if it was a, as fun as week one as far as, you know, the drama but I think we found out some things about some players and teams, and that's what I want to jump into. Um, might as well start with the Monday night football game. You know, the rookie, uh, Carson Wentz, the, the most interesting man in the world, um, <laughs> continues to uh, impress. And, and Jay Cutler, kind of the uh, league's whipping boy as far as uh, body language goes, um, continues to add to his legacy. Um after two games, I mean, what's the what's the rookie feeling on on Wentz? I asked you that very question last week. I think for a story I was doing, and you said it was Winston and Marcus Mariota of last year, which is a pretty high feeling. Feeling, do you still see that's where you see it still? I do, but if anything, I would say it's even higher watching them do it a second time. You know that. Those Winston and Mariota, I'm huge fans of Winston and Mariota. I think they're going to be franchise quarterbacks, stars, top five, top ten quarterbacks when they reach their peak. But their rookie seasons were up and down, you know, kind of like we saw Winston and Mariota uh, these first two weeks. You know, they're not consistent performers week after week. And I look at Wentz and think his supporting cast isn't wonderful, but because he's so good at the line of scrimmage pre-snap with all the mental aspects of it, Feels like Peyton Manning out there running no huddle, you know, directing traffic. That I think he might actually be have a higher ceiling in his rookie year than those two because I don't think he'll have as many lows. You know that he's he's probably always going to get his team in the right call. You know I think he's further advanced mentally than Winston or Mariota, and in their class for sure from a physical standpoint. But something I've been kind of saying and Gruden really pointed it out last night was. He doesn't protect himself at all. <laughs> I mean, I love everything else about him, but he he exposes himself to far too many big hits. I mean, that's just something he's going to have to learn learn from, or and some of these guys think it's that, inherently I mean, who he is, but it's a little frightening. Yeah, he seems seems to me to have a little and. Little Brett Favre in him too, you know. I, I think he's. Uh, I mean, Brett Favre was. Let's not, you know, he didn't care about being known as a smart quarterback. I think Wentz looks like a smart quarterback, but he seems to have that swagger and just let's go and let's not think about the, if the, my last mistake type in him. Yeah, I do think he has those traits. I mean, he's certainly not bashful. Uh, he very much looks like he belongs. He's poised, you know, all that we talked about, the mental things. You know, he doesn't throw the ball as well as far, but few ever have, you know, but he's got a lot of good physical traits. But I think you're right. I mean, I don't think that uh, – that's another reason. I don't think his lows are going to stay low. You know, I think this is just another example of to scouts, you know, teams and everybody who's part of the over-analyzation of these draft picks, especially up top, especially at quarterbacks. Just analyze the guy. Don't analyze the school. Don't analyze. Just analyze the guy. 
And, I, you know, I think that it's going to help. All the extra stuff gets in the way. Cause it, it just doesn't make it, – it's the guy. Who cares if, if he went to a small school or if he went to a school that had had recent success with quarterbacks or, 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 or recent bust success with quarterbacks? I think they, they get that too too into that stuff. And I you know, I mean, last, last night on the broadcast, uh, Houston didn't pick Derek Carr with the number one pick in the second round, despite needing the quarterback because he was David Carr's brother. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's stupid. Just pick the guy. No, I, I don't they, disagree. I and they, I thought it was they interesting. They showed the that, and I had never seen it before. Last night, that the you know the one double A quarterbacks that have gone in the first round are Wentz, Flacco. McNair, Doug Williams, Sims, and there was one other who was also successful that I don't remember off the top of my head. But it's like, <laughs> you know, the only knock on these guys is who they played against, and that's not their fault. I mean, he grew up in North Dakota. If he'd have grown up in Alabama, he'd have been on the Crimson Tide. Yeah, and if you get that type of – if you get to the point where you're being considered a first-rounder, I think that you got to look at those reasons, not all the other stuff, not not all the – Let's talk ourselves out of reasons. And I don't know if that's what the Browns did or not, but that's the obvious. You know, I mean, I think you can criticize the Browns are always going to be linked to them, um, but you got to give the Eagles credit. I mean, they saw a stud up there and did everything in their power to go get him, and despite having Bradford under contract and just signing Chase Daniel, and it looks like it's going to pay off huge for them for who knows the next ten, twelve years. I mean, but can't get ahead of ourselves. But boy, he looks great after two games, although. The two teams, you know, the Eagles are 2-0, and but they beat the Browns and the, and the Bears. And I'm going to do a power rankings tomorrow, and both those teams are going to be in my bottom five. They're both in trouble. Yeah, but that's not his fault. No, no, that's not his I'm not using that as a detriment to him. Yeah. I'm just uh, – I don't think the Eagles are going to be 11-5 and all of a sudden. Right. I got you. You know, I think you're talking about comparing, you know, the connecting wins to the Browns forever – He's going to be connected to the Rams forever, too. Yeah, good point. You know, so let's go to the other quarterback, Jay Cutler, who hurt his hand and who knows how long he's going to be out. I mean, I mean, the Bears are going to have to start thinking about their next quarterback here pretty soon, right? Yeah. I mean, you and I have kind of actually been in Cutler's corner, though, on this podcast. You know, I mean, I think he's – I'm still on the – you know, in, in the ballpark of – He's gotten more of a bad rap than he deserves. You know, he's on his sixth offensive coordinator, I think, in eight years. You know, that's not all his fault for sure. You know, some of those guys have moved on to bigger and better things. Um, but yeah, your answer is still correct. I mean, because if you remember, whenever this staff took over, they were trying to sell him for a bag of footballs, and nobody would take him because he's too right. expensive. So, you know, he's outplayed those expectations. But how long can you count on them? And, yeah, I mean, I, I think this upcoming draft, if the Bears are picking third, fourth, something along those lines, they certainly should be in the market. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's going to be, what, 34 next year. I mean, he, he's never he's not getting any better. No, I think he is who he is. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I, I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago, I think that, had he stayed, the right people stayed in Denver with him, he might still be there and be, you know, have a different legacy. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I think yeah. that, you know, if he was with Shanahan and Brandon Marshall all these years, we might be talking much differently about him. But right. you know, you can see why 
I mean, I also see the case of why people aren't, you know, gung-ho for him to be their quarterback and his body language isn't great. And, you know, you hear things off the field that aren't real, you know, promising. And But right. I, mean, I think he's a – I think he's the definition of an NFL average starting quarterback. Right. And you know what, that, if you do that long enough and you're going to get paid a ton of money and you're going to be in the spotlight and you have a bit of a bad attitude, that you're, that you're going to get a bad reputation. Because what people, because everybody's looking at you and everybody expects you to do the right things. A guy like Matt Hasselbeck, probably the same type of guy, but a good personality and a happy-go-lucky, so he's... You know, he's considered a great guy. He gets an ESPN gig as soon as he retires. You know, Jay Cutler is not going to – Jay Cutler is not going to sell cars in, in, in Chicago. He's just going to go away. Yeah, and nobody's so, going to miss him, even though he's actually one of the best quarterbacks in Bears history, which is amazing. Right, right. You know, but they're not going to so, keep him around like Hasselbeck to groom luck. You know what I mean? He's not right, going to be exactly. that, that father figure exactly. mentor type. Let's start. Uh, let's go to the happenings. The very first game of week two, and Rex Ryan they lose a shootout to the Jets. So you lose a shootout, you co- you fire your offensive coordinator, and uh, Greg Roman. There's been all kinds of stories about that. Well, ownership kind of urged Rex to do it. Reg Rex has denied that and said that it's his decision. Talking about there's some been players involved. Here's the bottom line: this thing is dysfunctional, and Rex is the next one to go if this doesn't get figured out. I mean, correct? That's where this is heading. That's how I see it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's dead on, and I don't think it's going to get any better. You know, I just mentioned how I think the Bears and the Browns are going to be in the bottom five of my power ranks. I think Buffalo's right in that conversation too. Um, you know, they're so Sammy Watkins dependent uh, in their passing game. But their offense is better than their defense. The defense is terrible, and it was bad last year. You know, at least Roman, when he took over, he took over a bad offense and made it highly productive last year. He got a lot out of Tyrod Taylor, created a lot of big plays, you know, good running game. I mean, this is 2015 we're talking about. Um, and they've had a lot of bad luck. You know, the first two draft picks are injured, and Watkins isn't the same, and you know, they've had a lot of things going against them, but uh, I think in the end they're going to be picking the top five too with a whole new staff. Yeah, and, and what's the uh, what's the bright side? Well, what's the attraction to a new coach in Buffalo? You know, I mean, there's supposed to be new ownership, but if they get rid of Rex, it's kind of a, a kind of a bad sign on them because only you know less than two years they're you know, they're rumored to be getting involved in assistant coach decisions. Nobody likes that. I mean, what's how is Buffalo an attractive place? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. And now, well, I guess it's not a done deal that Tyrod Taylor's there for the long term. I mean, they did sign him to a contract that they can get out of after this year and, you know, maybe use that early pick on a quarterback. Or if Taylor plays well the rest of the year, you have, you know, a guy in place and Watkins is in place and, I mean, they got a couple guys, but overall, yeah, I think you're right. And I haven't really thought of it through that those eyes. And someone will always take a head coaching job, you know, a coordinator that's never had one. But it isn't high on the list of jobs you want. Yeah, there's always 32, but then, you know, but then there's the, those 32 included the Browns, you know, last 10 years, the Raiders in the last 10 years, 
and you don't get high quality coaches, you know. So yeah, there may be only thirty two of them, but how many really high quality head coaches are there? So they're kind of they're kind of chasing your tail there at, at, at some point. Yeah, I guess you're right, you know. But I do think, I mean, do you think he's on the hottest seat of any coach in the league right now? I mean, he's got to be right at the top, although I think Jacksonville's really heating up, too, after this past week. Yeah, I mean, I think because of, of some reasons, Rex is up there. But, yeah, I, I want to talk about Gus Bradley, and we can talk about him now. Yeah, I mean, it's pure numbers. He's got to be on the, the the hottest rock. The dude is 12 and 50. At, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, it's like 12 and, 12 and 50 or something is his record. I think he has the worst winning percentage in like the last 10 or 12 years or something like that, or second worst. I mean, it's horrible. He doesn't win any games. Yeah. And you, know, you know what it is? It's 12 and 38 after 50 games. That is excuse me. That is terrible, though. Twenty-four percent. Yeah. And it's in a week to like. It's like the, the, the yeah the the first the worst or second worst of all time. And you know what? They're getting him talent now. And he needs That's to start thing. winning. And, no and I thought this was a potential playoff team, and maybe it still is, but they're not showing signs. And you know, I think. I think Jacksonville could be a really attractive team for a coach, and maybe GM because Codwell is connected to Bradley, and you know he has 12 wins as well. So this is saying that they, this might be in a real attractive program in January. That I could see. I mean, I'd much rather take the Jags over than the Bills. You know, I mean, I right. like the quarterback a lot better. I like the young nucleus a lot better. Um, you know, there's so much more. And they don't have cap problems where the Bills do. Um, yeah, I 100% agree. And, you know, people like you and I and in the media have been praising the, the Jaguars offseason now, what, two, three years in a row, much like the Raiders. And they go to San Diego, and I thought that was the worst performance of any team of 2016 so far. I mean, embarrassing. I mean, it wasn't even competitive for much of the game. And in a usual fashion, Bortles put some, put some points on the board when they're down by 30, like he usually does, to make it look a little better. But they were never in that game. Well, that's, uh, that's kind of his thing, right? That has been, yeah. You know, they're, they're losing, and in garbage time, he puts up numbers. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. What, what what's your thoughts on him? Um, I've consistently said that Mariota, Winston, Bortles, and Carr are the next generation of stud quarterbacks. And of those four, the one that I am the most concerned about is definitely Bortles. You know, I, I still think he turns the ball over too much. I mean, he's been terrible on the road. Um, you know, the Jags haven't won on the West Coast since 2004. <laughs> I mean, just to go back to how bad they are. I mean, that's, that's right. embarrassing. You know, I mean, they play, it's so bad. And, uh, you know, I do have hope for him still. You know, I, I think it's easy to think about um, when he got drafted. Remember they said, he needs a redshirt year. He's not going to play at all. And then by game two, he's starting, and he has been starting ever since. And he really did need that redshirt year. I mean, he was not a finished product. They so almost think he's a year behind 
where he should be, and, and they knew that when they picked him. I mean, does it? Do you think he can become a uh, a, a legit player at that position? Yes, all the tools are there. I don't think he's ever going to be someone that is – I'm not saying he's dumb, but I don't think he's ever going to be a real cerebral Manning-Brady type, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think turnovers will always be an issue with him, even if he does reach his peak. So we'll probably see the Jacksonville next head coach, assuming they make – probably be, be a, a kind of a quarterback guy, probably be an offensive-minded guy. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, bring in yeah. a former offensive coordinator, quarterback coach type guy. Uh, yeah. Assuming they do make a change, that would make a lot of sense. You know, right. yeah, I, I could buy that. I want to stay in the AFC for next topic. Um, a team that we thought was going to be a, a playoff team. Right now, it does not look like a playoff team because of just historically bad defense, and that's the Oakland Raiders. I mean, they've given up a hundred to thousand thirty-five yards. In two games, it's an NFL record. Um, They've given up 69 points. The offense is playing great. Offense is playing enough to win, playing really enough to be 2-0, and playing enough to think that they should be in the playoffs. But you you can't go to the playoffs. You can't think about the playoffs with the kind of defensive disaster that the Raiders have gone through the first two weeks. And this is a team that, had you know, gave they paid eighty five point five million dollars in salaries to Bruce Irvin, Sean Smith. Sean Smith's been awful at cornerback. Reggie Nelson. You know they draft Carl Lewis. Excuse me, Carl Joseph at the number fourteen overall, uh, the safety from West Virginia. He hasn't been able to get on the field as a as a defensive player. He's played some on special teams. Jack Del Rio says, yeah, we're going to get him on defense. Now, but clearly they're rushing him, and he hasn't been ready. I mean, they got some problems, and the guy I want to talk about, and he's not necessarily playing poorly, but Khalil Mack is a guy that so many people have talked about being a defensive player of the year. He's got zero sacks in two games. If you're a great, great player, you got to have to make impact plays to help your team. Your team is getting completely gutted. I mean, does, isn't he the guy that needs to step up? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blaming him for the Raiders' problem on defense, but he's got to he's got to pull him out of it. Don't you agree? Yeah, for the most part. And I don't think he's played bad. I mean, I don't think he's he been a liability out there. I also think he's faced some pretty good tackles. You know, New Orleans and Atlanta uh, both have good tackles. There's no doubt about that. Um, and he doesn't right now have that Alden Smith on the other side, so he's getting more attention. He was actually my pick as he may not. Uh, he the, might not get Alden Smith back. I mean, well, right. not, I know, that not Alden Smith thing at all. No, I know, and uh, you know, and he didn't really have him all, a lot of last year either. So, yeah, but he had you know, Bruce Irvin at nine million him. dollars a year. I'm more worried about Smith. I'm more worried about. And the one thing I was concerned about before the season was, you know, you put a lot of new bodies on a defense, it might take a while to mesh. And, you know, they played two pretty good offenses for sure. But this is disheartening. I mean, I didn't ex- I thought their defense would at least be league average, and it couldn't be worse right now. Yeah, I mean, 
right now, and it's only two games, but it's an eighth of the season. Do you still think the Raiders are going to be a playoff team? I don't know. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe. I think that the second half of the season could be better than the first for them. Um, are they better than the Chiefs? I mean, I'm not blown away by the Chiefs. Uh, the AFC, I mean, I'm not blown away by the Bengals. I'm not blown away by the Ravens. You know, the AFC isn't all that difficult to me. I'm going to talk about the Ravens. You're not you're not that uh, impressed by them. I mean, they're two and zero, and I mean they're five and eleven last year. They have all those injuries. You know, they, they get to regroup. I mean, I I think they're one of the better run programs in the league. Yes, and you know, they they may not still be an elite on the field as far as talent goes, but they know how to win. And during that problem last year, I, I expected them to regroup, and. Um, it looks like they're doing that. I mean, do you think it's smoke and mirrors? I don't know yet because if McCown doesn't get hurt, they might lose that game by 30 to the Browns. I mean, they were getting their butts handed to them. It was 20 nothing at one point, and they weren't competitive with the Browns early on. That offense was walking right up and down the field against the Ravens. And then in week one, they beat a Bills team barely. So they're 2-0, and yeah. But they beat two of the teams I just said I'm going to put in my bottom five in the power ranks and barely did that. <laughs> you know, I mean, so I think they're a much better team, franchise, quarterback, head coach, all the way up than they showed last year. I think injuries dismantled them last year. But I'm also not sold that, you know, they're a contender either. I mean, I want to see them play somebody. Right. Right. Wait. We, you talking about the AFC, and we, we thought it was a little going in the season. We thought it was deeper than the NFC. The NFC would kind of come up with about five playoff teams. AFC, we came up with six easier. Do you see, is through two weeks, are you not seeing a solid six? Is there not a, a solid number seven or eight contender in this conference? Yeah, the way I see the AFC... I guess it hasn't changed a whole lot. I mean, I still say at the beginning of the season, before the season, I thought the Steelers and the Patriots were the really only Super Bowl-winning contenders. And I still think they're the A-list in the AFC. And I look at the rest of the league, the rest of the conference, and the AFC East to me is junk. You know, I mean, all three of the – I mean, I think Miami's okay, the Jets are okay, the Bills are terrible. And I just talked about the Ravens. To me, they're more like an 8-8 eight and eight team, even 7-9, and nine, than they are a 10-6 and six type of team. I think the Bengals are slightly worse than they were a year ago. And the Browns are the worst team in the league. So it doesn't leave much. <laughs> and in the South, right. Houston's probably better than I thought. And I'm ready to say that, you know, they're the third team in the conference and they're doing a lot of good things. I, I'm impressed with them. I think their defense is going to be great. Um, I'm not ready to write off the Jaguars yet, but maybe I should, <laughs> You know, kind of like we talked about. And right. I don't think Tennessee or the Colts are real contenders either. The, the Colts have a lot of problems right now. And then we always are talk the about the, the West. Are the Broncos the better than you thought, like the Titans? Yeah, I think so. But I didn't think Simeon played well this week, and I think it's just a matter of time before he's out. I love their offensive line, running game, defense, but I don't trust their quarterback at all. I mean, I think Denver's, 
you know, if we were to repick, I would pick them to win the West, but I still think they're noticeably behind the Steelers and Patriots. Uh, I think the Chiefs have some warts, too. They don't rush the passer real well right now. I don't love their offensive line. Defense is so, not as good as it was last year, and I don't love Alex Smith. The Raiders could turn it around. San Diego is, you know, was very impressive this past week, but I don't think they have enough. So, I mean, I guess the answer is, yeah, there's seven or eight teams, but I also kind of think there's two and a half, too. Right, right. Um, yeah, and the Steelers and the Patriots are going to get both reinforcements. You yeah, know? right, exactly. I mean, this might be so, the darkest of times yeah. for them. Right. I can ask you about this every week, and I think it's fascinating every week going over to the NFC. I mean, what's the deal with Dak? Is he the the real deal? I think he's well beyond his years, playing very well, managed very well. You know, they're a lot of shotgun. They're not, you know, having him turn his back to the defense with play action. You know, they're, they're doing some design quarterback movement so that there's easier reads. You know, these, these past two weeks against Washington and, Giant, and the Giants, both those teams are very weak at linebacker and safety. So he had a lot of easy throws, a lot of targets to Beasley and especially Witten. And this isn't making excuses for the guy. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, but I don't think the degree of difficulty for him has been all that hard. You know, I mean, I don't think it's a high degree of difficulty, which goes back to good coaching. Um, obviously, they're going to be a run-first team. He got Dez a lot more involved the second game around. But in the end, I mean, I'm impressed with the Giants. I'm on the fence about the Cowboys, and I'm not impressed with the Redskins. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Redskins. I mean, you know, I think you did you pick the Giants? I picked the Redskins in the division. We weren't excited about either team. Right. Um, you know, the Redskins were the best team in a bad division last year. Are they taking a big step back? And do they have a big problem on their hands with their quarterback? You know, there's been reports that, you know, his offensive teammates don't like him. Good thing they didn't get that new deal done with him. But what's the future at for the Redskins at quarterback. See, so yeah, my, my opinion hasn't changed on that. I mean, I, I think since day one, and I think they know this. This is why they didn't lock him up to a long-term deal is they wanted to see more. You know, he only really played eight good games, and they were against some terrible defenses. I, I've been a Cousins basher pretty much from day one, and I've, and I've said all along that I think the Redskins don't run the ball, they don't stop the run, and their quarterback can't make up for that because he's just a guy. And – that's a big problem. I mean, they definitely have some pieces in place. Um, are they worse than a year ago? Well, he's playing worse. I mean, that, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think Josh Norman's played really well for him. That's a good addition for them. But I think they're easy to play against because you can run on them and they can't run on you. And they also have a much more difficult schedule. I mean, those are two tough games. Although now they're 0-2 at, after two home games. <laughs> you know, you've lost back-to-back home games to start the season. But, you know, there's no disgrace in losing to Pittsburgh. Or, and I think Dallas is a superior team to them, too. But in the end, this looks like a long year. It looks like the quarterback is not in the building. And that's a big problem. You know, they're sort of in that same boat we were talking about with a couple of these other teams where they're going to be quarterback hunting this offseason, I think. So they go from a up-and-coming playoff team to a team that may, you know, top pick top five. 
no quarterback, big problems elsewhere. That that seems to me like a franchise that's going to have potentially be at the bottom for a while. Certainly could, although I, I like, like how last year was a mirage. I like how you know? they've team built with receivers, O line, secondary, uh, pass rushers. You know, so the cupboards aren't bare. I mean, and I think they have done some good things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know that they're going to be that bad, though. I mean, I don't think they're going to be as bad as the Bills and the Bears like we talked about. I mean, I think they're the worst team in that division. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, them in Philadelphia to me are, are a coin flip. I mean, and I know one is 2-0 and and one is 0-2. Um, but I think that's still a two-horse race behind between the Giants and Cowboys for that division. Um, are, the, are the Redskins a top-five overall drafting type of team? I don't think it's going to get that bad for them. But I bet they're picking in the top 12. Yeah, interesting. Um, we talked about Arizona a little bit of what that loss to New England meant last week, and we both kind of agreed it was, you know, it was more just getting Belichick and, you know, and move on. Arizona has a home game against a Tampa Bay team that people had some high hopes about, especially after the win against Atlanta, and Arizona dominated. Two, two questions. Is Arizona... Arizona show us, especially with Seattle losing, that they're, yeah, they're ready to be, uh, you know, noted and being part of the NFC race the whole season. And are, are Tampa Bay a bit of a fraud? Yeah, and Tampa, I mean, Winston's up and down, but he needs more around him, too. I think he'll be a star. I don't think that was a good matchup for them, you know, go cross country. Your, your best offensive player is Evans, and he's really doing battle with Patrick Peterson, the best corner in the league. That's rough on Mike Evans. And then you lose your other top guy in Doug Martin, had no ground game from that point on. You know, I think their offensive line is average. That's, you know, they're, they're two steps at least behind the Cardinals of the world. You know what I mean? I mean, they're building some things there too, but their secondary is junk. I mean, how are they going to keep up with Larry and Brown and, you know, Floyd and it, I just think that they are building the right way, but, I mean, they really only have one wide receiver. You know, they lost a running back. That was That's about as bad as it could have gone for them, not to mention it was a bad matchup on paper walking into that place. And a lot of people in the media were picking the Bucks. You know, they're up and coming. They're going to the playoffs. You know, Cardinals are a really good team, and the Bucks aren't. Right, right. Um yeah, I, I, Seattle. Seattle. If you look at last year, Seattle's offense stumbled early in the season, and, and it certainly has so far in the first two games. And people don't know if it's the offensive line. Is it? Is it yes. Devil? Is it the quarterback being hurt? You know what's going on. But, but I mean, this is a team that has scored what 15 points in two games. That's for an elite team that a lot of people, including myself, expected. Go to the Super Bowl, that's a little alarming. Probably the worst offensive line in the league, and we've thought that the whole offseason. But we think that every year with them, and eventually they get it up together and they find their five starters and Cable coaches them up, and I think that potential is still there. Um, the Rams always, always play Seattle really tough. You know, for whatever reason, that's Fisher's shining moment every year. You know, he gives the Rams a really hard – or the Seahawks a really hard time. And a lot of the reasons is because the Rams are really good up front on defense, and Aaron Donald was special again in this game. And Wilson can't make up for the problems now, too. I mean, he's really hobbling around right now. That ankle is certainly an issue. 
So he used to erase some of the offensive line problems. He's not at this point. I mean, even the Miami game, Sue was beating the dirt out of anyone trying to block him, and, and the same is true with the majority of the Dolphins' defensive line. Um, I'm not super worried. Their defense is as good as ever. That's one thing no one's talking about is even though the offense isn't scoring at all, the defense is keeping them close in every game for sure and as good as just about any defense in the league. Um, but, you know, they need Wilson to get healthy and they need to figure out who their starting five is on, on the offensive line, and that group absolutely has to play better. All right. Our last topic for the No Relation NFL podcast with Matt and Bill Williams for the day is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you know, already at, without Bridgewater. Bradford's come in, played well against uh, Green Bay. Now they're without Peterson. We don't know how long. I mean, can this this team is two and zero, but can they keep come bouncing back from these key injuries? It's gonna be tough. You know, I'm a Bradford believer. I actually think he's gonna be an upgrade at the quarterback position. I love the way he throws the ball, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't think he's a star. I look at that offense right now, and I think they have Bradford and Diggs, and then Diggs is a star and not much else. I mean, we just talked about the the Seahawks as having the worst line in the league. The Vikings are in that conversation, too. Terrible. You know, Adrian Peterson in the first game averaged under a yard a carry. And before he got hurt in this last one, he averaged like a yard and a half a carry. You know, and I'm not blaming him for that. And maybe he did lose a step. But, man, I mean, there's nowhere to go. But the defense is top five. I mean, there's – a couple defenses in the league that might take ahead of it, Houston, Denver, and then Seattle. That's probably about it. So they're going to keep everything close, um, well coached. You know, their script is going to have to be very much like the Broncos, you know, a year ago. But that's an awful hard thing to do, you know, especially if they have zero running game and the offensive line's a problem. So, you know, how long can Bradford stay healthy behind that line, too? Very impressive win, but emotions were high. You know, opening up the new building. It's probably the best game Bradford's played in his life, you know, which isn't a super big knock on him. Well, it's a little bit of a knock on him. But, you know, I think it's going to be a hard formula to win, you know, 10 7 every week. Right. But, you know what? I mean, it might be good enough to get him into the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it looks like Peterson's going to be back. And if they could, you know, if they can, he can kind of carry the load. And that defense is strong. I mean, maybe maybe this team is a team that's going to, you know, stick with Green Bay the whole way. I think that's possible. And certainly getting the, you know, a win over them now as a you know, de facto tiebreaker is big. And I'm not totally sold that Green Bay is great either. Because? Well, I mean, that was the worst I've seen Rodgers play. I don't think the offense is – you know, I'm not sure Jordy's 100% back. I mean, the offense looks more like last year's offense than it does the one two years ago. Adams still looks a little lost, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Well, great show, Matt. Appreciate it. Um, talk to you guys next week and week four, and this is this week's No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, thanks a lot. Absolutely, buddy. It was fun. Take care.